Find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. Turn your dial to the edge of the radio static, and there you will find the lost signal. Tonight, dear listeners, we bring you the first episode in a new anthology series concerning strange happenings in a small Idaho panhandle town called Nower. Tonight's episode is called A Hole in the Ground, and it was written by Tilson Mullally. It stars Maxime Daniels as Alistair Mitlock and Tilson Mullally as Jim Ackham. Please, enjoy the show. Okay, great, yeah. Okay, so, yeah, listen. Okay, so you're the new correspondent? Interesting. I looked over your resume, fresh out of university, familiar with all the, uh, technology. You know, I told him I was worried about the fact that you didn't have a spreadsheet program under your special skills, but, uh, Some of the other people here said uh, that's not really considered noteworthy anymore. So, I'm going to take you on your scout's honor that you can type your expense report up just fine, okay? Anyway, it's a pretty big first assignment, huh? Getting to gather stories for the latest season of the show? What do you mean, boring? We're sending you to Nower, Idaho. No, it's not some bumfuck nowhereville. I mean, it is, but that's what makes it so interesting. The entire town's a magnet for weird happenings, ever since the silver mine collapsed in 1890. Didn't you read over the pamphlet we gave you? Or listen to the tape? Play the tape so you can understand how big this assignment is for you. Go on, give yourself a little history lesson. Yes, Mr. Mitlock, it is. Are you alone? Yes. 
and an arm, as requested? Yes, Mr. Mitlock. Good. We have things to discuss. Please, have a sit. Fine. Coffee? No, thank you. When the host offers, a guest should partake, Archiman. These are the rules of etiquette. Pardon me, Mr. Mitlock. Please, call me Alistair. Pardon me, Alistair. But I reckon at this point we are past the time for basic pleasantries. If you're referring to this game about the mine... Maybe it's a game to you, but to us and ours it's not. Your strike breakers are doing what strike breakers do. What your strike breakers did was cripple three good men today. Isn't that a shame? Wasting that perfectly good manpower over a few measly dollars? I couldn't agree with you more, Alistair. Good. So, why don't we see about ending this silly strike, hmm? Then we can see about getting those strike breaker out of town. That way you and yours might feel better. Well, that is a nice offer, Alistair. But uh, seeing as how none of us were really expecting it from you, some of us decided to take matters into our own hands. What do you mean? Well, like you said, we need to keep us and ours safe. Those breakers, uh, what were their names? Bogan, Henbrooks, and Myers, yeah? Yes. Thought so. See, after we found them, we all had a little chat. They saw the error of their ways, and they wanted me to tell you that they were resigning effective immediately. I don't think we'll be seeing them again. I can have a dozen more here in a week. And I'm sure you could, which is why I came here tonight. Silly, isn't it? All this manpower being wasted over a few dollars? Don't muck me, boy. I own everything around us. I hold the keys to this castle. I don't see a castle, Alistair. I see a hole. This hole is the only thing keeping your family alive. And we're the only thing keeping your livelihood alive. You're a keen negotiator. I will give you that. What are you doing working in the silver mine? You're so much more intelligent than this red-necked, sweat-of-his-bro bumpkin you portrait to the world. I'm just here to scratch out an honest living. But why? You could be so much more. I reckon there's other folks for that. Huh. But they're not here, Jim. I've misjudged you during this time of conflict. So, I do have an offer for the table tonight. Join me instead. I'll put you in charge of the mine. You can run it how you like. I don't care. Just as long as you turn me a profit. What about the raises and pay? Safety measures? Sure, sure. Whatever you like. You're in charge. I find that hard to believe. You said it yourself, Ackerman. You keep my livelihood alive. We've all got to adapt. I've got the paperwork here in my briefcase if you... Whoa, whoa there, Alistair. I don't want to sign anything just yet. Oh, fine, fine. But I think you'd still like to look over the contract and see the terms that they are legally. So that it might help you make a decision? I suppose that does make sense. Let me see your offer. Excellent. It should be right here. 
quite the effort, isn't it? You son of a bitch! Do you really think I'd let you take this mine away from me? I came to Nauru with nothing, and I rode precious metal from these hills. No one would steal what's mine, especially not a backheel, barefoot buffoon like you. set it down in the dark, but I brought my own counteroffer in case something like this happened. What's that? A detonator. The mouth of this mine is set to blow, Alistair. It'll cave in this whole damn hole. You dirty filthy. Isn't it a shame? Wasting all this manpower? For what? Just a few measly dollars. What a shame. Hey guys, I'm Shelby, host of Addicted to Crime podcast. Join us for deep, chilling dives into the evil nature of criminals, and let's take a closer look at their early life and background to see how they got to the day of the crime. This podcast was created in hopes you pay closer attention to your surroundings and hopefully stay safe. You can find us anywhere you get your podcasts or else on the website www.addictedtocrime.org. Happy listening, thanks for your time, and stay safe. Greetings, dear listeners, and welcome to the Pulp Radio Record, our show within a show where we go over a little piece of radio history. One of the earliest examples of radio horror, and one of our primary inspirations, Lights Out premiered in 1934 and was tossed around by networks and showrunners for years, before eventually finding its way to television. Known for its distinctively dark quality compared to other programs later on, Lights Out often carried a decidedly grim tone in its storytelling. There were rarely happy endings to the tales. The show had two distinct periods under two different men. Creator Willis Cooper's initial run of stories were grisly tales of detailed supernatural gore and dark humor. Only one of his recordings survives today, but his scripts remain intact, and his writing broke ground in the radio format through unique narration that would become the standard later on. In 1936, Arch Obler, a young writer from Chicago, took over as showrunner for Lights Out. His first known script written for the program depicted a paralyzed woman who was buried alive. This story's stark, realistic quality prompted a massive negative response from the public. Obler's later stories were markedly more fantastic, and he often injected political overtones into his tales. Both men and their contributions to radio directly influenced others, like Rod Serling, creator of The Twilight Zone. Lights Out, in and of itself, effectively created an entirely new genre of programming. And now, 
we return for the second half of Tilsa Mullally's A Hole in the Ground. Hello. Serve that stupid pimp right. Tries to kill me and he failed. You hear that, Archerman? You failed. And now I've got matches and ha, a limp. Now I need only to find my way out. This can't be the way. I'm going deeper. I must have taken a wrong turn. And yet the flame bends with the breeze. This must be the right way. I must be getting closer. The breeze has cut the flame, and yet I can still see. I must be close. Hello? I need some help. Hello? Who are you? Help me, you idiot! Do you know who I am? Hey! No! Hold on! How's that for a story, huh? Still think there's nothing to glean from this rinky-dink little town? What do you mean that sounds like it was made up? They know about it because Jim Ackerman survived. The explosion woke the town up, and they dug him out by the next morning. Never found Alistair, though. All they had was the screaming Jim heard. Yeah, not so cocky now, huh? Sure, <laughs> it could all just be a delusion. But those are our bread and butter. Right? Right. Now, go meet with the town sheriff. She's waiting to treat you to dinner in town. Where? There's only one restaurant. It's the first thing you'll see on your way in. A little cafe called Zola's. Counting on you to get us some good stuff, kid. The season depends on it. Don't let us down. Returning now to the edges of your radio static, this has been The Lost Signal. Thank you for tuning in tonight, dear listeners. Please, wherever you're listening, 
whether it be on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or any other platform. Please, leave us a review. And do not be afraid to share the static with your friends. Until next time, dear listeners, good night. <laughs>